0: Create Out Loud is brought to you by Anchor.fm. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast so you can, yes, create out loud. It's free. They give you tools so you can record easily on your phone or your computer. They'll distribute the podcast for you. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started. Because, yeah, I want you to create out loud. Hey everyone, welcome back to Create Out Loud with me. Jen Loudon. On this show, we invite the world's most interesting, dynamic, and groundbreaking creatives to get vulnerable about their creative journey and to share the lessons they learned along the way so you too can have a deep and fulfilling creative life. This week's groundbreaking creative guest is yours (laughs) truly. It's a solo episode. I want to talk about something that I think is so vitally important for the creative life and nobody's talking about it. So I'm going to. Let's dive in. So what is this big secret that nobody else in the creative writing world is talking about that I'm going to let you in on and teach you today? And that is making it safe to create. Now, I'm not suggesting you're some kind of hothouse flower that has to have everything just perfect before you can create. You know, it has to be like 71 degrees outside. You had to have your perfect breakfast and perfect night's sleep. No, 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 because, you know, if that was the truth none of us would ever get anything done right when does that perfect day come oh i don't know three times in our lives But what I've noticed in my research into neuroscience, just as a neuroscience geek, is that when we try to create and we're in a state of hyperarousal, of fear that we may not even be aware of, except that maybe we're being really critical towards ourselves, or we're procrastinating, or we're comparing ourselves to others, or we're feeling like we have to do a lot of research before we can start, or buy more art supplies... (laughs) That's usually a sign that we need to remember that we are animals first. And when our animal self, we might call it our more ancient self, our nervous system, brain, whatever, is disturbed, is worried, is looking over her shoulder, is thinking whatever she's doing isn't good enough, you are not going to be able to create with the ease or the fluency or the depth that you want. So you have to remember to take care of to make it safe for the animal you are to create. When you're in that state of self-criticism, hyperarousal, you know, whenever the noise in your head is really loud, the parts of our brain that we need or the systems of our brain, that's a more accurate statement, They're not as online. They're not as lit up. We don't have as much access to them. And it makes it harder to create. And then we create an interpretation of that. But we usually aren't aware that's happening. And instead, we create an interpretation that we're bad, that we're lazy, that we can't focus, that we're procrastinators, whatever it is, that everyone's right from seventh grade English class. We are a bad writer, blah, blah, blah. And that makes us feel even more crappy. And then we often give ourselves what I named in my first book, The Woman's Comfort Book in 1992, shadow comforts. Now, shadow comforts are things we do in the name of self-nurturing, but they're not actually what we want or need, or we give ourselves more of it than we want, and we end up feeling numb, farther away from ourselves, and then we beat ourselves up for that. And then we can start this just intense cycle that I have seen go on in students and clients for years where we, we go towards the creating, but because we haven't learned how to make it safe from a neurobiological, and animal point of view, not just with positive thinking or affirmations or mantras, all of which can be useful. So what we're often missing though, what we're missing, and I really want to call your attention to this, is bringing in, weaving in ways to calm our body, to calm our nervous system, to calm our animal self, the parts of us that don't respond to words. This is transformational. It's simple, but it's so powerful. Let me go back to a second ago when I was talking about shadow comforts, because there's another version of this cycle that can happen when we're not making it safe to create. And that's more subtle, and it is feeling like we can't concentrate, we can't focus. Now, of course, we do live in a world that has engineered a lot of technology that makes it hard to focus. You know, Facebook and news sites and Netflix and you name it. I'm not talking about that. In a a future episode, we'll talk about making your creative cave. I'm talking about you're in the creative cave, you've got the noise of the world blocked, but you feel like you can't stay with your work, you can't stay with your thoughts or your design or your 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 flow of what you're trying to follow and bring into being and what's happening is you're not making it safe enough from a neurobiological from a body perspective to stay with that flow to stay with whatever is unfolding for you and you keep popping out of it even if you don't leave the room even if you don't go check social media or answer email or make a cup of tea So we may start to believe we don't have anything to create or to say, we may believe we have focus problems, we may believe we're losing our brain power, and of course some of that may be true for you, but one of the things I'm really curious about is are you making it safe to stay with the flow, to stay with your train of thought, to stay in the room? And this is doubly, doubly, triply, I don't know, quadruply <laughs> true if you're dealing with sensitive or challenging material, you know, whether you're, you're, you're dealing with memories or experiences from your life or made up things that are very intense. If you're making art about the climate crisis, for example. Extra important in any of these situations that you make it extra safe to create. Also, at the beginning of projects, of course, the, ex- the, the question is well, Jen, what do you actually mean by making it safe to create? First of all, we want to remember, we want to cultivate in our imagination and in our bodies in an introceptive sense. I love creating. Yeah, it's hard and it's frustrating and it's messy and I get disappointed and all of those things. I'm not I'm not dismissing those. But fundamentally, you are called to create in your mediums <laughs> because you love it, because it brings something really important to your life. When you're going about your day, I want you to be every now and then pausing to just remember the feeling tones in your body as much as possible of what you love about your creative disciplines. Maybe a specific memory of a time it was going really well or you were in flow or you found just the right color, just the right word, just the right gesture in your dance or the right structure for your sculpture. And just, just remember the feeling of it in your body for a few seconds, a few moments, 15 seconds, you know, while you're making your coffee, while you're putting on your gym clothes, whatever. It's going to start to create a bridge of, oh, yeah. This is something I love. Part of what we're trying to rewire is a cultural story that some of us have more than others and truly probably based on educational experiences, disappointments, lots and lots of experience maybe that creating is hard. And I'm wary of that. And and quite frankly, I'm a little tired of it in myself. Like, oh, you know, it's so hard to write. Well, of course it is. But do we have to keep focusing on that and strengthening those neural pathways? Or can we start to focus at least more of the time on what's juicy about it, on why we're choosing it and bringing that choice into it? I want to choose this. I want to choose creating. So that's one way to begin to to kind of change the story or put on a different pair of glasses, if you will. And that will create maybe a sense of more anticipation for your creation. Because one of the other things I find with people that truly leads to this sense of resistance and procrastination and dragging our feet is that we are trying to push ourselves towards our work. And what I want to coach you to do, like I do the people in my programs, et cetera, is to find ways to be pulled towards what you love, to be pulled towards what you love, to use the brain and the nervous system to light up good desire, we might call it, to light up positive uh, motivation, intrinsic motivation to go towards your work. And, And just in these little dollopy ways, no big deal, you know, do it while you're commuting, you know, do it while you're eating your toast in the morning. Then the second thing I want you to do is remember a simple 15-second, one-minute, body-based, not thought, body-based practice that you already know how to do that calms you down, that makes you feel a little more relaxed, a little less reactive, a little less in what my friend Rick Hansen calls the red zone. Maybe it's something you do so you don't yell at your kids or yell at your pet. Maybe it's something you've learned in yoga or meditation or Tai Chi or a stress management course. Maybe it's just something your body naturally does like what I do, put my hand on my heart, inhale, exhale, big, loud, slow breaths with the exhales longer than the inhales. You could totally do that. Self-soothing touch, rubbing your arms, massaging your hands, rolling back your shoulders, noticing that your body is grounded and safe and held by gravity, feeling gravity. Anything that you already know, that's super simple. And you want to latch onto one simple practice because the critical parts of your brain that don't actually want you to create, who actually are causing some of that inner yuckiness they're going to be like no 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 do do this instead or you better go you better take a course on this (laughs) you better learn the best way to make it safe to create no you already know simple body-based helps you feel a little more resourced a little more relaxed that's all we're looking for I bet something has already come to your mind that is perfect now then whenever you're thinking about creating Thinking about going to the computer, the easel, the dance studio, whenever you're actually entering the creative work time, whenever you want to flee and go check email or call a colleague back or make a crunchy snack. Whenever you're feeling the critic really loud in you, you do this practice. So it's quick and it's woven in every single time you go to create, you do it. But anytime you're feeling afraid, judgmental, comparing, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to work on that part of the story. It's really scary. Any of that, you immediately do your practice without thinking about it. 15 seconds, you've got time. One minute. One minute. The busiestness, the busiest, the most busy of us has time for that. You're not looking for a miracle, my friend. You're not looking for, ah, and then the angels descended and then the work just flowed out of me and it was the best work I ever did. No, that's just setting the bar too high. That is silly. What you're trying to do, what you are doing, it's happening every time you do this, is you're lowering that threat defense response. So you begin to wire together the neurons in your brain that say creating is pleasant, creating is safe, I can do this. Instead of wiring together the neurons and releasing the neurotransmitters and hormones that say creating is not safe, That's all we're doing. So we're not expecting anything to happen, but over time, it's going to get easier and easier to go there and to go deeper into expressing what only you can express. We've all been, I think... Wounded as creatives, I know I can think of five, six, ten <laughs> really embarrassing, disappointing moments from being fired from the big magazine I worked for to um, being heckled in the seventh-grade talent show. I'm sure, you can call up some too, and some of us have experienced trauma um, that has bled into our creativity because of traumatic experiences related to our neurocreativity, critical parents teachers some of us have some really deep wounds and so part of this this practice this simple practice of of marrying calming the body making the body feel safe with your creativity before you do it when you think about doing it when you're procrastinating when you're in the middle of it and you suddenly think it sucks and you want to get away from it all of these times just weaving this little thing in begins to remind yourself you're an adult now you're a grown up you have resources you have ways to regulate yourself You have ways to take care of yourself. You have ways to choose that at the end of your life, you know, in those last years, you're going to look back at all of these moments that you chose to keep creating. You chose to keep learning. You chose to keep growing. You chose to keep being seen and creating out loud. And that's what's going to matter to you. That's what is going to build the experience of being alive moment by moment that you really crave that you're called to. And when we're ruled by those old experiences, those old wounds, by the voices in the culture that we've internalized, etc., those are the moments that we're going to regret. So this is a very simple practice to begin to turn that around and remind yourself in the moment, I have agency, I have choice, this is what I want. And from there, it becomes much more possible to disentangle um, some of the other noise about being a creative in this world and we'll talk about that in future episodes.